Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Ricky. And with me, as always, is Bill. Hey, guys. And James. Hello. We're a couple of disabled guys passionate about gaming and accessibility. And together, we are Wheel Life Problems. There, I didn't, uh, hopefully that didn't cut out that time, but... Right. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. All right, awesome. How's everyone doing today? Doing pretty good. Cool. All right, well, let's just break into things then really quick. So we got two topics we're going to discuss today. You know, uh, first of all, let's get into Link's Awakening. What are your guys' thoughts and go? Well... I love the art style. I have loved that since the um, since they released uh, footage in the uh, in the trailer. Uh, well, well, just for, just in case anyone doesn't know exactly what we're talking about, Zelda: Link's Awakening got re remade for the third time on the Switch when it was originally released in 1993 on the Game Boy, and then re released again as a, a color version in 1998. I think it was. And now they remade it again for Nintendo Switch, and it looks amazing. So, but you've been playing it, so you've you've had some firsthand experience with it. Yeah, I've actually I actually have. Um, what I do like about it is even if you even if you guys have not played it before, Ricky, you have, and I. Do you, have you played? Uh, have you played it, James? I've played the original, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I didn't actually play the original, but the thing is, is that it does lend to a lot of the classic, uh, the classic over, overhead view. I love that, but I love how they did like kind of an updated graphics to maybe pull some people, pull people in a little bit more. But I feel like the uh, the game mechanics are are pretty nice. I like the old school feel of it. I like the fact that you can. Uh, you can pick your mode. You can either do the hero mode, um, which limits your your heart containers. I think only to. I don't think you expand. I don't think you get to to get any extras or something like that. So you only you only have three heart containers the entire time. It's either I wasn't I was not for sure on that because I hadn't played that far on the hero mode because I was like I was like oh god you know maybe I should maybe I should do this on a second playthrough because. I didn't know where I was going, and that was resulting in death. So, um, um, also watch out for holes in this game. There is a lot of holes in this game that you can fall into and die from. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that is if that was just a thing in this game. Period. Regardless of what version you play it, um, but yeah, it, it has a lot of holes. I know exactly what you're talking about. And usually, when we're talking about video games and stuff, I don't have a lot of opinion to lend just because I don't have a means of playing a lot of games. But Link's Awakening was my first exposure to Zelda. I had it on the original Game Boy, so I got it like when I was like five years old. And I fucking fell in love with that game just because just everything you could do in it. You could steal from the shopkeep. You could uh, fall in holes. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't... If the... The game, the remake is anything like the the Game Boy game. What you do is you go into the shopkeep in the main town. You go in there, you pick up your item off the shelf, and then you walk around him a bunch of times till he gets dizzy, and then you run out of the store. Is there any penalty for this? 
Yes, you yeah. cannot. <laughs> you can't go back in the store because then he'll kill you. And then what? And then you're. I guess you have to. You get a game over then. Yeah, but then you just. But then life continues as on. You can go back in the store afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, oh, I like Tanya. the game. <laughs> yeah, he, like so he'll kill you. You die. Then you start over. But you still have the the item that you stole, and then you can go back in the store, and everything's all hunky dory again. Well, here is a um, for anybody watching the stream. I did a comparison here. You can see the game, the new game here, on the right, and then on the left, you can see what what it was like before. You know, and I mean, it's not that you know, it's kind of got that. You know, like all like a lot of the Zelda games look on Game Boy. You know, it's got that same style, but it still wins to the overhead view. And I don't know, I just like that view. I personally like the idea of. I don't know. I like being able to go through the dungeons too. Like I love that about the original Zelda, and I love that about this Zelda. How you're going through dungeons, and then I guess you're you ultimately have to get all these musical instruments to be able to get off of the island. I think is what the whole uh, goal is. Yes, you have to play the Ballad of the Windfish. Hmm. Yes. Um, now, a question that I have for both of you guys is, was there a pet that you could walk in the original um, in the original game? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely was. was. In the original game, right? Yeah, like, James, you take, you take it from here. You, you let him. Yeah, so... Um, if you're if you're talking if I think if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, then yeah, there is definitely a pet that you can get to lead around that will help you through. Uh, it'll help you get access to a certain section of the game, um, and it's it's incredible. It's an incredibly powerful and dangerous pet. You know, sort of fearsome, and it'll destroy everything. But you don't get yeah. it to keep for the whole game, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it would make the rest of the game far too easy. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty broken. I've I've played with him, and it's funny how he'll just like something will start attacking me, and then boom, it just like eats the <laughs> eats the enemy. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, it's the it's the giant like cannonball looking thing that bites on a chain, and he's in the main town, and he's also been featured in Mario games too. Yeah, he's right there. I did a I did a close up right there. So there's his name is Bow Wow in the version I played, and I'm assuming. That may have not changed. Uh, in the Mario games, it's called a Chain Chomp. But yeah. it's not that... Yeah. Something I noticed recently is that's not the first instance of the Chain Chomp appearing in a Zelda game. Really? The, I like the mashup of uh, the, of, of a Mario thing actually being in the the um, Zelda universe. You know? What other game was he in? Well, I mean, I've just uh, in the past week completed A Link to the Past. And there's a single room with two chain chomps attached mm. to blocks in the, I think it's oh. a Turtle Rock dungeon at the top okay. of the mountain to the far side, sort of northeast of the map in the Dark World. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's ringing a bell now, yeah, you're right. But I've seen a lot of people talking about, oh, they've put Mario things in this game, it's the first game that they've done that, but no, it's not. Just fact check all those games journals that have been saying that. Um, no, yeah. uh, and a link definitely. to the past is from the eighties too. So you only get a, got a color. There was only a color version. Was the only other remake of this game then? Yeah, there's the DX version, and they also introduced the color dungeon. Mm. Wait, what's DX versus? 
Is that is that the is that just the second? Yeah, that's that, that's just the color remake for a Game Boy Color. Was gotcha. the was Link's Awakening DX, which I had both versions. Yeah, so I, the... oh, sorry, on you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you go, you go. I was I, I was going to say the 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 color dungeon was uh, a dungeon that was made specifically for the the color the Game Boy Color version of the game for the DX version of the game that made use of the the fact that the game was now in colour so there's no elements in the game previously that, that use the, the fact that the game now has a colour has colour elements to it except for this new added dungeon also I wanted to show people this and from what I hear they replaced the colour dungeon with a dungeon creator map for the Switch version hmm so what you get with this is this is the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, uh, this is a special edition pack. Special edition pack is kind of cool because you get a full art book, and then on top of that, and that's a hardback book, and then you get a, uh, looks like a hard case that looks, it's designed to look like a classic Game Boy, and then it's got the the uh, opening uh, scene with the egg and the, the title above the uh, above the egg. And it just it's that it's that classic white Game Boy, you know. Well, that sounds like a nice little set. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty cool. Like I mean, I don't know how much they were selling that for. Uh, way too much money. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> two seventy uh, USD. So that's a uh, that's a that's quite the uh, price there to pay for that, but. Yeah, that's not unheard of for special editions these days, you know. Yeah, I just, yeah, I hope there's a way for Nintendo to, or some way for me to play Link's Awakening disabled version. I don't know. I need some kind of controller because, yeah, I I've been watching playthroughs. My brother's been sending me videos of him playing Link's Awakening, and it's just, oh, it brings back so many memories. I love the tilt shift art style and, um just everything about it i can i can still hear like the final music just in my head just thinking about it well i do know that uh there is a company that does make make an adapter where you can where you can put an xbox controller to a a switch but i don't know if that works with the the other controller the um you know the one that xbox came out with the accessible controller oh right yeah huh Interesting. I don't, had, I don't know if you had looked into maybe getting one of those controllers at some point because I do know that you were, um, I think you were working on trying to get a specialized controller. Yeah, and just not much ever came of it, unfortunately. I emailed the company and never heard back from them, so I don't know. I would we'll be see. very surprised if the, the Xbox is an Xbox adaptive controller. I'd be very surprised if that wasn't, you know, sort of one-to-one -one compatible with devices that were Xbox One controller compatible. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, but obviously, I mean, I wouldn't want to go and say, like, it would definitely work because, you know, without testing it, I couldn't... I couldn't say. Right. So, uh... So, this is your first playthrough of the game, right, Bill, you said? Yeah, uh, I have I have no prior experience to the uh you know, 
to the game before. So how does this game compare into other Zelda games? Because you're almost going about it backwards because this, this Zelda is more like, um, what is it? Dungeon by dungeon. I, I don't know exactly how to say what I'm trying to say, but how, how do you feel knowing that you've played like newer Zelda games before this? Because if you play Link's Awakening before you played like say Breath of the Wild or Ocarina of Time, you can see like the natural progression of how like they adapted dungeons into worlds and stuff. Like, how does it feel going like from uh, non-linear gameplay to a more linear gameplay now? Um, I I personally have liked that with um, with Zelda because I feel like Zelda has had an evolution, obviously, from what you see with Breath of the Wild, as you mentioned, because that is definitely an open world experience. But I feel like there is there's pluses and minuses i feel like with the open world experience and it seems like it's your way of going through the map is actually kind of easier in some ways but then there's things that i feel like you you tend to explore more in the linear version if that makes sense in in the world because i feel like especially if you're not if you're not trying to look for if you're trying to do the game without getting any hints from like you know say you're doing a stream and someone tells you something um i feel like it lends to more of a like hey i gotta figure this out and then there's a lot of different things that you can kind of do for example because it's like once you um what i find exciting is like how certain parts will be locked off to you and then if you go through the correct dungeon like uh I think the second dungeon you get a bracelet that allows you to lift rocks and that's that's really awesome because you get really excited about this you're like oh shit i can see all these other areas that i couldn't go to before and it's right. like i love that i just love that about those games where it's like like you unlock something and i just i i love that that feeling because like in other other zelda games you don't yeah, you unlock stuff, you solve some mysteries, but more of the mysteries end up being in the dungeon itself as opposed to the world. And I think that's that's what I like about the older Zeldas is that it lends to the idea of kind of the whole world in a, a lot of ways is kind of like a dungeon in some ways. I mean, obviously the dungeons differ in the old school games as well from the world, but I just mean in terms of like there's puzzles all around technically, you know, like there's like hey, how do I get, you know, how do I get to this heart piece? Or, you know, just finding stuff like that, finding the heart pieces and all the other findables in the world, I think, make it make it kind of a little bit more exciting for me, I guess. Hmm. I get that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling when you've seen, like, maybe a path blocked by rocks and then you finally get the ability to move the rocks. Yeah. And you have yeah. that sort of, like, that aha moment of... Like, oh, great, I can finally get through this bit. And you can sort of see, like, all new paths opening up to you. Yeah, and I always love the song. Like, I always love that song. Like, I feel like that song plays, like, when, I when like, I solve a problem in my life, I wish that, you know, like, in my head, that <laughs> that song, like, you know, in my head is playing. <laughs> you know, like, the, the puzzle solve sound in uh, Zelda that they always have. Oh, it's like uh, do 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 or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's a Eureka moment. <laughs> mhm. That's one of the great things about Zelda is the music, the sounds, everything is Oh, uh, I love the music. I've been enjoying that. I've just 
I haven't really been like having people do song requests because I was just like, you know, on stream, why, why, you know, why do that? You know, when you can enjoy what already is in the game. Well, just wait till you hear the Ballad of the Windfish. That song is fantastic. I, I'd whistle it, but I don't even want to ruin it for you. And it's I would a banger. I wouldn't even be able to do it justice. It's a banger. <laughs> yeah. So, Zelda, great game, and I can't wait to finally be able to somehow play that and stuff. So, cool. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Any 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 final thoughts on Zelda before we? Get it. Buy it. You want it. James? Uh, I probably won't be getting it because I've not long before it came out bought the um, DX version, the Game Boy Color version on my 3DS and was playing that recently. So I've kind of oh, very recently just played through it. Yeah, I might uh, might do might pick up the old copy because I do have a Game Boy. Uh, I have a Game Boy player for the... Um, for my GameCube, so that's pretty fun to play on that because you get a such such a you get a bigger view of the Game Boy and you get to use a, a GameCube controller to do it. Pretty awesome. Does that play original Game Boy games? Yeah, you can do original Game Boy games. You can do Color. You can do Advanced. You can do. Oh. Yeah, that's I cool. love that. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> That's cool because I've I've got one of those myself, but I've never actually tried to put an original Game Boy game into it. <laughs> I just never had one kicking around at the time. But now, next time I get out, I'll try and find. I'll see what I I've got. Pretty sure I put one in there and it worked. But hey, you know, hmm, something to test, I suppose. Yeah, let's see. We'll find out. Okay. Sweet. Okay. Well. Moving on to part dose of our episode. So we're going to talk about gaming controllers, our favorites and our most hated. So yes. take it away. Who wants to who wants to say their favorites or most hated first? And then afterwards, we can read some tweets. Well, I have some visual. I have some visuals, um, but I think one of you should talk because I want to. Uh, I want to be able to take. I want to take a few pictures here, and I'm going to send them in the Discord so you guys can see what I'm talking about. So someone else can start while I'm doing that, I guess. All right, James, take it away. Yeah. What's? Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, first of all, I'd like to talk about the ah uh, the Dreamcast controller. Yes. That thing. I like it, but it's. It's a bit of a mess. <laughs> I, I, that's 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 probably a bit excessive. No, it's just as much as I like the Dreamcast, and as much as I've got a soft spot for that controller, it was just it wasn't a great controller for its day, just because so many things were moving to like dual analog stick control, and to ship with a controller with only one analog stick was kind of a bad move for, for Sega at the time, I think. But at the same time, it's it's hard to argue with a pad with a little tiny screen in it. It's so dumb, but it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So. But that was a part you had to add, though. The VMU was a uh, was a um was like a little um. Well, I actually have I have a Dreamcast controller around here. I could actually show um, what I'm talking about. 
Well, let me take a picture of this other one so I can send it to you guys. But, uh, but yeah, I think, wasn't there like a, at one point, didn't they have like a Tamagotchi thing? Like, that you could like, wasn't there something that they did like that where you could take the VMU out and then you could like interact with it because it had like a battery? Yeah, like the VMU had a little tiny D-pad on the front of it and right. a couple of um, a couple of little buttons. And what you could do with it as well, as well as being, you know, it could run very, very simple games and things on it, but there was a cap on the end, of the, the part of it that would connect into the into the controller itself would also connect directly into other VMUs. So you connect, you could connect one to the other and transfer oh, data yeah. and play like little tiny link-up games with it too. <laughs> yeah, they did something with the um, the those collectibles that you could get in. I think it was in Sonic Adventure and Sonic Battle Two. I think they had like these little creatures you could get. That you oh could, yeah, like, probably. Take, yeah. Take care of when you weren't around, type thing. Um, yeah. I'm going to so, share a link with you as well on the the Discord chat to one of my favorite talk, PC controllers. Guys, I'm going to grab something. I'm going to grab a control the controller real quick. I mean, so you highlighted the good parts of the Dreamcast controller, but there's one thing that I did not like about the Dreamcast controller. And that was just that the the cable was routed from underneath the controller. Ah, uh, yeah. I, that was annoying. I never had a Dreamcast myself, but my uncle had one, and I remember being at my grandparents' house. And just like any time like anything got caught on it, just having it yank from underneath the controller instead of the top just was so much more disorienting. And I was just like, oh, fuck this thing. All right, so I've linked the controller in the, in the – I've linked an image in the chat – because I've remembered my best stroke, worst controller. It is definitely the worst controller I've ever bought. But Which it's, one? It's called the Gravis oh, Exterminator. Can you see it? That is Gravis. one ugly piece of shit. Right, so for the people that are listening to this at home that can't... <laughs> oh my God, Ricky. <laughs> the people that are listening to this at home that can't see it, right, they're listening to it on the audio version, not on the stream, I'll just describe it. So it's this big black... Um, monster of a pad. It looks it has handles like a DualShock or an Xbox controller you know where you've got the central section and then two grips either side but on the left side you've got a single analog stick and below that you've got basically the worst D-pad you could ever use. It's bloody terrible. And then on the right side you've got a row of six buttons sort of like a Sega Saturn controller or a six button Mega Drive controller or something like that but beneath that you've got an S button which does nothing and slightly to the left of that you've got a hat controller so it works like a little tiny d-pad except it's like a little nub it's not very comfortable to use above it you've got this like a slider like a maybe it's, it's supposed to imitate like a throttle control so if you were playing maybe a flight sim or something like that you could use it there and then two buttons at the top, right in the middle, like a start and select button. Except the one's above the other, rather than being to the left and right. It's very weird. And then that on the is... back, yeah. You've got some triggers on, analog triggers on the back, but, oof. This was a controller. <laughs> the slider is like what looks super weird to me. And it, yeah, it does, it does look very reminiscent of a Sega Saturn controller with the six buttons there. But, God, that thing is ugly. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is a mess of a controller, as you can see, guys. That is that's, 
like a controller only a mother can love. Um, and what was this used on? Does it say PC controller? Yeah, this was a PC controller. So you'll see the port at the okay. bottom of the image has both a, a connection to plug it into the PC, but then you could also plug more of those controllers into the back of the original. So you could daisy chain multiple controllers into the I one. I don't know why you would ever want to. Well, That's if you were like me and you were super sort of stupid about buying controllers, you might have two of them. So. <laughs> Do you uh, have two of them? I, I, no, I, no, I no longer have them. They're, they're long since but been... But you did have... It was them, did, yeah. not one. <laughs> I bought two of them thinking, these are going to be great for fighting games. They are terrible oh, yeah, for fighting were... games. That D-pad is atrocious. It's the worst <laughs> D-pad. I mean, mm, is it the worst? <laughs> it's it's like a slightly worse version of the Xbox 360 D-pad. So instead so. of having a grateful friend who's like, oh, you thought of me while buying controllers, you have a pissed off friend of like, you're making me use this too, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's like I can. I'm gonna suffer, so other people have to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What I will say though is that I use this controller basically. This was a Tony Hawk Two, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two controller for me. I played so much Tony Hawk Two with this pad, and it worked actually kind of okay for that with the analog stick and the triggers on the back. And wait, uh, this pad that you're showing, this ugly thing. Yeah, yeah. On the PC, wow. I had the Tony Hawk, uh, I had Tony Hawk yeah. Two for the PC, and this was what I used for it, and I loved it. But this pad did not make it any better to play. And also, while I was, while I have it here, guys, I have the. This is the well. I mean, what were that? Um, that screen does not so freaking bright. But um, this is the Dreamcast controller. Uh, mine's got that, got that lovely aged yellow. That's on oh, the nice. that I want to clean off. I was looking at on how to clean that off. Apparently, um, I guess. Well, another thing that I wanted to show you was this was, well, okay, this is your standard memory card right here. Um, how much does this hold? This holds like. Uh, Imagine it's got to be in the megs. Yeah, it's like probably like a like. 8 meg or some some shit like that if I remember correctly it doesn't it doesn't actually say on there but then there's the BMU which it would have this digital screen and the cool thing about that is depending on the game that you would have um, sometimes you'd get cool graphics that would happen in certain things during the game you would like see maybe you'd see little figures fighting or you would just see the logo in um, black and white um, LED um or LCD, mm. I guess. And there's also a sleep. There's a mode on here, an A and B, and then there's a D-pad. Um, mine's not actually working for that right now, so I don't know. I don't remember what those functions did, but I think they had something to do with like Tamagotchi. Um, you know, like those little pets that people used to carry around. And the it's on a separate device, but yeah, that's the that's the Dreamcast controller. Definitely not the worst controller that I've ever used, though. Hmm. So, then what is your um, favorite controller then, James? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, one of the problems I have with modern controllers, uh, it's, it's not really a problem with controllers, it's more a problem with my hands, I suppose, is that these days, um, depending on 
the game. I'll try to play. There's a good chance that my hands will get a little bit stiff and my, my joints will get a little bit sort of cracky. So I say for if I'm trying to play a fighting game, for example, you know, if it's like a Street Fighter or one of these other ones that has a lot of like quarter circle movements on the D-pad and things, I'm probably not going to be able to play that for more than maybe sort of 15 minutes, half an hour before I have to stop. So these days I try and use arcade sticks where possible. So I'd probably have to say the like any high-end Hori arcade stick is probably what I would go for. Because so something that lays more like like almost like a tabletop controller than what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Something that doesn't place so much emphasis on my thumbs. Because it's my thumbs that are the real problem. Um, I don't have any major major issues with them, but just like certain games will agitate them, will make them a bit stiff and sore, and I don't get that problem with arcade sticks. And plus, like, if it's for fighting games, I feel like most sort of arcade to console ported ar- uh, fighting games tend to be designed with arcade controls in mind. So you might get certain characters that will have like um, sort of special moves or button combinations that require you to press uh, like combinations of buttons that would be very difficult on a on a sort of stock console controller like say like a square and a circle together you know right. or a triangle or an x whereas on an arcade stick that's that's a doddle that's very easy you have more digits available to you yeah yeah Three. that makes sense uh well uh Bill. Yeah. Favorite and worst controller then. Okay, so I did put some pictures of some things in there just for reference I'm gonna talk about. But the uh the worst controller is something that I don't necessarily hate, but it just doesn't it just is damn near impossible to um to use. I'm trying to see if these actually sent because I thought I'd sent these to you. But... Yep, I got them. I think it's in the group chat. If I remember correctly where I put it. But anyway, so the worst controller is actually, if you look, you can see this uh, one. I'll show you guys on the stream. This is probably the worst controller I think that you could use because this is, it's shaped like a chainsaw, right? And the button layout is really weird on this. This is a limited edition controller for Resident Evil. Um, and the layout, if you look at it, it's that yellow controller. As you can see, would be... Like, I don't know how the hell this would be comfortable for anybody. Because if you look at where the actual buttons are, I mean, you got the handle... You know, that handle protruding out. Then you have, like, the two... Um, you have the regular joystick there, right next to the D-pad next to the C stick. So where those are located, it's not that weird to hold, but it's like where the shoulder buttons are on it are just is just really strange because both of the shoulder buttons are like in proximity with each other because if you look I don't know, well I can't really show you, but there's the yellow handle and basically on this I don't know if I can explain this, but the but the, the triggers are in a weird place where it's like it would. I don't know how you would be able to be holding on to the um, the joystick at the same time and playing. Um, I've tried it with a few games, and it was a it was pretty much a nightmare to play with this controller. Yeah, it um, looks horrendously inconvenient. 
It yeah. is a cool, cool ass looking controller because these are numbered and the blood splatter on each of these controllers is unique on every single one that was ever made. So huh. that part's kind of cool. It's got a cool stand to it, which I showed below, um, that comes with an actual, you have to plug in the GameCube controller cord there, the extension there. Um, then there's also, um, so this would be the worst controller, but one of the better controllers um, is this modified N64 controller that's made by Hori, um, which I have right here. Um, it uses an actual GameCube joystick on it um, because I've noticed that the Trident design, um, it worked when I was a kid on the 64, you know, the regular Trident uh, design that they had. Um, I could play on that, that thing as a kid, but going back, I absolutely cannot use that controller anymore. Really? It looks very <laughs> tiny. Yeah, that one's very tiny, actually. Um, but still, um, I think my favorite controller is probably the... Um, it's between the 360 and the Xbox One. Um, they're just the most comfortable for me. Uh, personally, because the PlayStation controllers have always been very uncomfortable to me, um, because my thumbs get um, my thumbs get really irritated with the positioning uh, with, of the fact with yeah. them being right next to each other. Yeah, like I need them to be diagonal, or it's not comfortable to me anymore. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go ahead and agree with you there that I always found the Xbox controller just way more natural in my hand with the with the placements of the the joysticks yeah now now also uh, you guys have seen the pro controller for the switch i think um they did a good job on this controller this is the most this is probably the most comfortable um game uh next to the gamecube um it's the most uh it's the most comfortable controller that i've ever seen that nintendo's come out with um it just it feels good in your hands. It's got a similar configuration to the Xbox. So I would say out of the Nintendo ones, that's probably my favorite because it just it fits so comfortably in the hand. Um, because the Pro controller they had for the Wii U, um, the sticks are right next to each other again. So that kind of sucks. The design kind of sucks for that. Uh, well... You talking about the Switch controller reminded me of the controller that I've been using on my Switch a lot recently. Um, Which is? I'll just try and find a link to it. It's the 8-Bit Do. Um, what's the what's the version? Oh, it's they the, make good stuff. Yeah, it's the 8-Bit Do SF30 Pro, I think it's called. I'll just post a link to the product page yeah, in yeah, our Discord. Yeah, yeah, if you could, that'd be, be awesome. Yeah, so you can see it. So, basically, um, just while I'm doing this... It looks like a Super Nintendo controller. The difference being Ooh. is that they've added a second set of triggers on. Um, oh, yeah. A pair Maybe. of analog sticks and yeah. a share and home button to make it basically so that it's got every button that the regular Switch, that the regular Switch controllers have. Except oh, it's, in a, it's in a teeny tiny Super Nintendo sized controller sort of form factor. So it's pretty good. And it's... I've had one for a while, but I only now, only recently decided to pair it with my Switch when they announced that the they released all the Super Nintendo games on the Switch. If you're 
paying for their online service. And I thought, oh, right, okay, well, I've got this, so this would be ideal for running with those games. And it's, it's it works a treat. It's really, really, it's, I would say, probably my favourite controller of recent years. You know, it that isn't an arcade like, stick, obviously. So it's practice works. Sorry, go ahead, Ricky. I, I was going to say it's practical and it hits the nostalgia feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's I've been using it for um I've been playing Smash Brothers with it and it's quite good for that. Um oh. and a little bit of a free to play first person shooter called Paladins. Oh yeah. And it's been sort of alright for that too. Um but also, I mean, you'll see from looking at it it's absolutely ideal for the the, the retro games that they've put out on Switch on their sort of um Switch Online, Super Nintendo, and Nintendo Entertainment System sort of uh, services. It works really well for those. Really, really good. Hmm. I like it. There's uh, there's so many, so many, so many controllers out nowadays that we got. Like you guys yeah. are kind of blowing my mind with how many controllers that I didn't even know were around. Yeah. Now. There was one other one, I think, worth mentioning. This I mean, is the original... Uh, well, this is not the original Xbox controller. This is the model that they did after the Duke, which the Duke is a really huge controller. This one is not as bad. Um, it feels right. pretty comfortable. Are you talking about the original Xbox controller? Yeah. Because that one was just gargantuanly huge. Yeah, the Duke was uh, was what they call it. Um was really big. I had what? Sorry, go on. <laughs> Sorry, we're really bad about that today. Uh, <laughs> this one was like the Model Two, I think, which was basically the idea was is that they were getting complaints that kids weren't really able to play with those controllers. Um, I did get a feeling though that Xbox was not. I don't think they marketed. I don't think they were really marketing to children when they first came out. To be honest with you, because. I just, looking back at the games that were kind of big on it, you know, like Halo, for example, you know, that's mm. not a that's not a kid game. Um, it did become a kid game because, I mean, I played it when I was a kid, but, <laughs> you know, um, I guess in the sense of it was one of those, uh, you know, I guess you talk dad into letting you rent it or, you know, um, or yeah. mom, whoever was the more... Uh, more uh, uh, easier parent to uh, to sway in that area, I guess. <laughs> um, I think that's the that's the controller that they shipped as as default with the Japanese release of the original Xbox. I think so. That's how yeah. they. You know, I think um, um, public demand led to it being brought over to America. Yeah, mine is the uh, the see through plastic uh, edition, which uh, is it's a green one. Um, and I do actually have an original Xbox, um, um, and I don't know it. It it, pl- it the controller still um, still works really well. I think it's quite responsive, um, you know. And I think the they kind of mix things up with that with that. Uh, uh, what would you uh, the parallel sticks or, or no? I guess it's um, what would you call that? It's like um, diagonal, diagonal uh, stick design. Um, I feel like kind of, kind of mix things up. I feel like Xbox kind of 
that kind of became their sort of well gamecube kind of started that first i think because yeah the gamecube control their c stick was like kind of like where the where the directional stick ended up being on the microsoft controllers yeah that's still a great controller like gamecube um hands down i think is is one of my like that is like my favorite nintendo controller and if i can play it I've actually been playing Link's Awakening with a GameCube controller, um, uh, and I just I love playing I love playing with the GameCube controller. It's just, and I love GameCube. I've always been a huge fan of GameCube. So, agreed. I probably have to say that goes down as like my favorite controller. Well, and I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it was just a really good integration. It, it you know, they, you know, the C stick was useful and i don't know i just feel like it was i don't feel like there was any uh there's some controllers where it's like you like there's buttons that feel wasted like for instance like on the xbox controller they had these two stupid buttons the white and black the white and black buttons that i'm like (laughs) like they're not like they're not in a completely inconvenient place well they ended up turning those into into bumpers eventually yeah, so, like the, the, the buttons up being the bumpers, which I think was a better, ultimately a better design. Right. So they never really necessarily got away from them; they just got repurposed. Yeah, what I find interesting about that though is that you see on some of the older controls, of of bumpers, like uh, for instance, on like the N sixty four controller, or even even really the GameCube. I mean, its use of of bumpers and stuff. Um, you know, I don't know. I felt like the buttons seemed like they were. Everything was utilized. Everything was utilized, and it wasn't like they didn't just put things in there that because a lot of times there's games, there's whole games that the white and black buttons are never never appear in the entire game for uh, for Xbox, for example. Yeah, I remember them for Halo just being for uh, for Xbox Live. Just you would uh, activate your mic with a black or white one yeah i remember uh i remember back in the day us like doing like these big land parties with halo mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways you know i digress and then nintendo's just always had you know they've always gone for the most unique controller and they still do to to this day i mean you know they start off the 64 controller then you know the gamecube and then the wii controller which was like something completely out of its time or ahead of its time and everyone was like whoa what the hell is this thing and everyone rushed to the store and now the switch controllers you know they combined the regular handheld controller with the functionality of a wii controller um well yeah and then also on top of that i like how they kept the that diagonal um design when it comes to using the handheld um right with the joy joysticks yeah, I just I like that. You know, maybe it's just I don't know. I get I guess maybe I'm just a really into Xbox, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think right. the Wii controller might be the only controller that might be my most hated controller, probably more than the Gravis Exterminator that I spoke about earlier. Um, um but, but only really because it means because it's got the sensor bar. That requires you. Yeah, so, if you want to use the pointer function, you need to be like six feet away from the screen. Um, yeah, or thereabouts. 
and that's a real problem for me because I need to be as close to the screen as possible. So any system that says that I need to be six feet away from it, from the screen, uh, we're going to have problems. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to um, have a good relationship. I saw you put a note in there about how we might want. <laughs> we might want to. There were some tweets that we uh, that we should we should address. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, like, um, on Tuesday, through the Problems Wheel, uh, at Problems Wheel account on Twitter, we put out the call for listener feedback, and we decided to ask, you know, to tie in with what we're talking about right now, uh, what our listeners' favourite controllers were and what their most hated controllers were. Yeah, and it seems like the PS or the PlayStation controller has kind of been the, or the common denominator for a couple people from our yeah. tweets. So, let's see, Rika at Rika Nipif. I don't know if I'm saying that right at all. Yeah, Rika. Yeah, Rika. Yeah. I'm- yeah. She hated the N64 controller but loved the GameCube one. Uh, so, and I, I agree with that. the PS2 and PS1 controllers were her favorite. Oh, but got to have that with those analog sticks on the PS1 controller, though. <laughs> yeah, it's the, I remember... I remember the PlayStation 1 controller before the analog sticks, and then, like, going back to that controller without the analog sticks was like, what the Yeah, fuck? I tried that because I got the edition. I got the uh, PlayStation Classic. I was like, there's no way. Like, I need I need to, like, use a different controller because I can't do this. I was trying to play Siphon Filter, and it just... I need my... I need my, uh... my joysticks to play that properly. yeah. It's funny, like, I never really realized how much I hated the N64 controller until a newer controller came out. And you're like, wow, the joystick on this thing is terrible. And then, you know, then you're like, okay. And then everyone else pointing out that it's a terrible controller is like, wow, you're right. Why a Trident design is terrible. But you never really notice that because you're just too busy playing uh, Ocarina of Time or something. You're like, Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing with it. The N64 controller maybe wasn't the wasn't the best but it's easy to forget about it when you're sitting playing something like Ocarina of Time or you know I'm trying to think what my favourite N64 games were Diddy Kong Racing or just like Ooh, yeah. any of those wrestling games that Aki made like WCW versus NWO Revenge or WWF No No Mercy it was No Mercy yeah yeah I think it was or WrestleMania 2000 I mean just like Oh man, those games are so much fun. Oh, I love them. Wrestling, wrestling games are the are awesome. I love those. It looks like we got right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, it looks like we got another one here. What's funny is uh, I posted a link in the Discord. Obviously, maybe posted later. Is that in sixty four before they released their official controller had um, a prototype one that had a much better joystick. It had like it didn't have like the octagonal restrictions. Of the joystick and it had a much wider thumb, thumbstick on it. Looks huge. I wonder if you could get that controller. Oh, I doubt it. Prototypes. There's probably like two of them that exist. You know. It's funny though. I mean, like they they kept that sort of octagon gate on the on the on the analog stick when they released the GameCube as well. So like there was somebody there that was dedicated to this idea that the you know an octagon gate on the analog stick was much better than the the circular gates that the the other consoles were using yeah which makes no sense but i guess they're trying to transition people from a d-pad to a joystick and yeah they used 
I don't know if you guys remember, but remember how they used to have that problem where eventually you would start seeing white at the bottom of the, like after using the joystick for a while? Yep, it just kind of wore away at the joystick. Yeah, and eventually it would break. Mm-hmm. They were not, they were not, that plastic on that stick was not high quality. Nope. It, but they, <laughs> they learned and grew. Yes, yes, because like like they they said in the comment, you know, the GameCube, you know, love the GameCube controller. I'm I'm in the same boat on that one, you know. Um, which speaking of that, I actually have an adapter that you can plug up a uh, and uh, you can plug up a GameCube controller to an N64. That's wild. I've heard for the Switch, but not for the 64. That's it's amazing. It's oh yeah, I've had play some adapters as well. But I had an adapter oh. for my um, Xbox that let me connect a Saturn controller, a PS1 or PS2 controller, or a Dreamcast controller up to my original Xbox. So, you know, I didn't like the Duke. Oh, wow. That let me use any of the other pads that I had kicking around. It was really handy. <laughs> yeah, um, so it looks like we got another one. It was from Courtney at what? Cyclopedia, Cyclopedia Brain. Brain. Yeah. Brain, and says that. I hate the Switch controller, the one with the base that you attach the little things to to play the docked mode. Yeah, I hate that too. Uh, causes horrible joint pain for me. The DualShock 4 is the most comfortable for my crappy hands, crappy hand joints. So, I don't know, once again, another... That's another PlayStation winner, yeah. Another PlayStation love, and yes, I can understand with the Joy-Con adapter um, controller thing. I don't know. My one buddy loves it. My one buddy comes over and plays Smash with it, and he's fine on it. I personally can't stand it. It causes my hands to cramp. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard that from a few people online as well. Just, it's, it's just it might just be the the shape of it for me. It looks it's quite even though it's got the rounded corners, it's still a very square controller, even in its grip thing. So. Yeah, maybe that's something to do with it, but I think that's maybe something. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, a an ergonomicist. What would somebody be? What would you call someone that studies the ergonomic design of controllers? An um, architect. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, there's someone out there who is that who knows the knows the title, but it's well, maybe like a. I mean. I would think maybe OTs would be would make themselves familiar. Um, yeah, that's yeah, probably occupational therapy. Yeah. All right, and then the final tweet we have is John with the Glitched Vision soon TwitchCon 2019. That's a hell of a name at Glitched Vision, saying he used the SN30 Pro Plus from 8-Bit Duo. It was an awesome feature that lets you remap analog st- analog stick clicks to actual buttons. Though, depending on the game, you may be overriding the home and share buttons, so you'll need a click to use those. Oh, oh yeah. That's I cool. Am, I'm trying it's, to see. Was that the one that... That's a different one from what you were talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that one... I'm pretty sure that pad is a lot more in line with uh, the, the official Pro Controller. Yeah. The only yeah. difference is, is that it's got... Your, um, basically, the one that you got is minus the actual handles. Mm. 
Because you know how the early controllers never had never had the handles because that's kind of what it's going after. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, that's something... Honestly, like, one of the biggest problems that I have with modern controllers is the L3 and R3 analog stick clicky buttons. I think it <laughs> was... Um, buttons. <laughs> yeah. It's, the, like, excessive use of those which really started the, the thumb pain that I get now. I think it must have just been, like... Hours spent playing Borderlands 2, constantly sprinting everywhere with, you know, mashing down L3, I think it is, to Good game. to sprint. Yeah, but I'm far too lazy, I'm far too impatient in that game to, to walk anywhere, so every opportunity I get, I'm turning and sprinting, turning and sprinting, and it really eventually led to a lot of thumb pain to the extent where I was visiting my doctor and being like, what's wrong with my thumbs? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I hate that in some games, but... I'm having to press down to, uh... Yeah, so just like any any controller that would let me sort of map the L3 and R3 to maybe like a, a, like a paddle on the back or something, yeah. like, you know, something like that, that would be cool. That would be yeah. really useful. I mean, the Xbox uh, Pro controller lets you do that, doesn't it? They have the paddles on the back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That would be really yeah. useful. So I, I really hope those are like maybe a standard feature in whatever next gen controllers the the console the new consoles have. Right get here. Is there anything that you guys are hoping for from maybe a next generation Xbox or PlayStation controller when they eventually announce what their controllers are going to look like? Well, I hope they add more disability functions to them, as in like you know that Xbox has kind of already started on that road with their that big giant white box for disability things, but. You know, I hope they add more uh, disability features. You know, maybe like uh, people who are one-handed. If you've seen modified controllers like that, or anything disability-related, I guess would be my yeah my future hope. What about you guys? Well, I don't know. Just I I tend to like the design of the uh, like I said the diagonal sticks. That's kind of you know. That's kind of my whole thing. So you're hoping as long as they keep diagonal sticks that you'll be pretty okay with whatever controllers come out for next gen? Yeah, I mean I can I can deal with the I can deal with the PlayStation controller. I just I'm not I don't prefer it. I would much rather have an Xbox Xbox 360 or Xbox One controller. Right. Yeah, it's just it's a comfort thing rather than a like technical thing. You just have a, a a controller that feels more comfortable in your hand, a layout that you like. Well, yeah, it's like for instance, if I'm playing Call of Duty, I have to, I absolutely have to have a diagonal stick set up because otherwise, it just, I just, I can't run around the map effectively, and it just starts to hurt my hand. Hmm. So. Hmm. That part kind of sucks, but uh, I feel like we could almost do a whole part two episode of controllers because there's there's like even so much more that I could touch on, touch up upon. You know, like there's PC gaming controllers. There's uh even more aftermarket controllers that we could go into more, and yeah, we, we barely even touched the disability side of the controllers. No, no, I mean that's that's definitely something that we could do a full ep- that we should do a full episode on is the. You know, things like the Xbox Adaptive Controller and, you know, all the other similar sort of earlier devices 
And plus all of those, like, I think we didn't, it's, how did I forget about this? Nintendo way back in the day released like a, a sip and puff type controller for the NES, like in the 80s. Jeez, yeah, that's, uh, we're going to have to go. What? Yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, what I'll do is I'll post a link, to, I'll post an image of it on the, the, in fact, I'll post images during the week of all these controllers, the, all the controllers that we've mentioned on the Problems Wheel, on the Wheel Life Problems Twitter account. But yeah, yeah, they did, and it's, I mean, it looks like a, a NES accessory and its colour scheme and all that and all the sort of images for it are like from old timey, the past, but it's, yeah, it was like Nintendo's first big jump in and try and make an accessible controller. It looks pretty cool. Damn, yeah, we're definitely going to have to do a part two then and touch, <laughs> touch up on all this. So... Well, I mean, on that note, I mean, anyone have any last final thoughts they want to get out uh, before we wrap up this wheel? Uh, no, I think I managed to get everything that I wanted to say about the Gravis Exterminator off my chest. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. That <laughs> exercise that, that sort of specter that's been haunting me for years. That eyesore and nightmare of a controller looks like. It's a hard controller to love, but and I, I, I slag it, but it has a. I do have a little soft spot for it in my heart because I did spend like hundred, easily at least a hundred hours using it for Tony Hawk Two. So it's, I cannot be too harsh on it. I got a lot of use out of at least one of them. <laughs> well, like I said, it's a controller only a mother can love. Mm. <laughs> well, if uh tweeted us everyone who's listening if we mentioned a controller you liked or mentioned something you that we thought we should have mentioned let us know tweet us a problems wheel but uh, i feel like i want to thank everyone for tuning into another episode of we life problems you can subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found follow us on twitter like i just said at problems wheel you can follow me on the social medias i'm at the rickles bill is at wheelchair gamer yep James is at James Kyle. And thanks again. And remember to keep it wheel, folks. Bye.